Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour Voices, a special series on the Mom Hour showcasing diverse voices from across the motherhood community. I'm Megan Francis, and in this episode, I'm getting to do a little dreaming about my little house on the prairie homestead dreams from long ago. So if you've been listening for any length of time, you might know that I have harbored some serious homesteader fantasies since I was in my early 20s, which is when my family was growing fast and I was really just craving a simpler way of life. Well, while life definitely took me on some adventures, for a variety of reasons, I never even lived outside the city limits until now, nearly 25 years after my oldest was born and the fantasy began. So I'm thrilled today to be talking with Kendra from the Homesteady podcast, blog, and YouTube channel. Kendra and her husband Austin's story started much like mine, living in a little urban apartment with a baby on the way, feeling like there was just another way they wanted to start their family's life. Well, that decision took them to their first homestead of 10 acres where they learned a ton and then onto the 100-acre farm where they currently live with their now six kids ages 12 and under homeschooling and raising a bunch of animals and just living off the land. I was so excited to talk to Kendra about how she and Aust went from city dwelling, Taco Bell eating parents to be, to living this completely different lifestyle. Kendra also shares how she manages to homestead and homeschool with young kids underfoot and what the family has planned for the future. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. 
So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Hi, Kendra. I am so excited to have you here. Hey, Megan. Thank you. Of course. Um, Okay, so I have been fangirling a little bit about the fact that we're going to talk today, and I feel like everybody has that moment where they just get to talk to this person that they have been like maybe admiring from afar. Um, And I have been listening to you and Austin's podcast for a while now, like a few months. And the other day I was listening to the episode where you're kind of sharing what's next for you. And you started talking about how this whole thing for you started this homesteading lifestyle. Um, And it started when you were living in like a third story apartment with a new baby. And it was like, it, actually gave me chills because that was exactly where I was, where I started reading a lot about homesteading and then not doing anything about it for 25 years. But I was literally (laughs) living in a third story apartment, trying to grow up a container garden on the balcony with a two-year-old and a little baby. Um, And my life just took a little bit of a different turn, but your life really went in the direction that I kind of daydreamed about. So just like kind of sum up that story. We can actually send people to that episode to listen to the whole thing, but kind of just tell us how becoming a mom put you in this direction. I think what pushed me the most was having our, our son, because up until then I had left the farm. So I grew up on a farm, my family farm, where my dad kind of let me dabble in whatever I wanted to horses, chickens, donkeys, Mm. and I couldn't wait to go somewhere else. (laughs) 
that ended up being Connecticut, where I met Austin, and we got married and had our first. And I always knew when I had kids, I thought the way I grew up was ideal. Mm. And then it was convincing Austin that it was. But we were living like Taco Bell before we had the baby, like weekly Taco Bell. And we got our apartment. It wasn't even finished. So we were climbing in a window (laughs) until we put a door in. So it wasn't like, like, this is a great space for a baby. But you know what happens, and we had our little boy. We had a door by that point, so that's good. To no know. more climbing in the window. <laughs> Just like, yeah. What if you has to hoist the baby up with like a rope or something? It was in a you bucket. know third floor, so we're we're moving in, and they're still building the stairs. And I'm yeah. like, guys, we're gonna have to finish this. <laughs> right. We got in there, uh, and we watched Food Inc. Oh and my gosh. Okay. We got this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pregnant watching Food Inc. And I'm like. I'm going to kill my baby. Right? <laughs> it's like, we have to make a change. So that affected us in two different ways. Austin said, okay, I'm going to go shoot deer. And I said, I'm going to start a garden. Okay. You got your and meat and your veg taken That's care That's right. <laughs> Failures, both the first year. My garden didn't grow. My neighbor kept chopping it down. And Austin get a, didn't get a deer the first year. But So you had like a community garden? No, it okay. was like in our yard. We had a tiny yard. Okay. And and our neighbor downstairs, we were responsible for the yard, keeping it up, both of us. And I would plant something, and he thought it was a weed, so he'd weed whack it down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my rhubarb, I was like, it just started to grow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So you're in, you know, Connecticut. The climate there is, um, I mean, you obviously are in a place where you can grow a lot, but maybe a little unforgiving for it brand new gardener. How did you find that to be, um, growing in that like environment? Not, I mean, let alone this fact that your neighbor is cutting your stuff down and doing all my stuff for the first time. So I'm starting tomatoes on my own. I had never done that before. So yeah, we had all our little tomato seedlings sitting out and they got spindly and too big and all this failure. Yeah. And, And, but I remember getting our first tomato, just, it was all on my own. It was incredible. And Austin doesn't even like tomatoes, but I was like, this is amazing. And then I had a pepper growing and a friend of ours walked along and they're like, oh, it's ready to be picked. And he picked oh, my no. pepper. <laughs> so, no, no. no, no, <laughs> like, no. I think I got one tomato out of the garden. Oh my gosh. It reminds me of my first little garden. I saw some, like the tomatoes were coming in and I decided to give them like two more days. I didn't know anything, but it just seemed like they weren't quite ready. And then I looked outside and there were squirrels literally like playing soccer. Oh, no. <laughs> my tomatoes. I was like, no, that was my great hope. Okay. I have to quickly just say that it doesn't sound like Austin grew up in this, you know, he wasn't, he didn't come from a farm. It doesn't sound like he came from a hunter background. That's a pretty big change for a young guy to oh, just yeah. jump Huge into change. hunting. As he he always says he told his parents he was going to hunt and his mom cried. Oh, like she's semi-vegetarian yeah. as long as her health allows it. And she was horrified by the fact that he was going to go and shoot a deer. Wow. Now she's his biggest fan. Like she'll eat anything he grows and she's thrilled by it. But it was yeah. hard for him, especially because he had to be very self-taught. So he was basically getting magazines because uh, it's a long time ago, Megan. We weren't right. like looking online for anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, when I was looking, it was even longer ago. So yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you like go to the library and get a book or you buy a book. So he's got his magazine, his uh, modern hunting or something. And he's out there in the backyard once he finally got a deer in the rain. 
reading a magazine article, trying to figure out how to butcher a deer. Oh, my goodness. And then you're like, okay, we're going to eat this. And maybe it'll make us sick, but right. we're going to try it. We're going to try it. And I don't even know if we're going to like it. I mean, you maybe you had grown up possibly eating venison. I'm not sure what, what that was like, my but dad, it's a different yeah, flavor. My family actually weren't hunters either, but we would get it given to us. But yeah. yeah, it is a different, it's something to get accustomed to. For sure. And I think that um, that is such a like the leap of faith to even go out there and like try that when you don't know what you're doing and no one's mentored you or like you haven't you know, like had that experience of like apprenticing almost with an, right. with an older hunter. It's all the steps that seem impossible. Like, oh, okay, I have to go take a class and, and I have to buy a weapon and yeah. I don't know what I want to do. And then right. I have to find an area where I can hunt because in our little backyard, we couldn't do anything. Right. And to not get anything the first year, but to still go back the second year and actually get something. Yeah, yeah. he really was very persistent. And I think that's a uh, that's what got us both this far is just our persistence, stubbornness, and sometimes stupidity. Yeah. Well, they sometimes all have to go together, right? You can't have one without the other. I did want to ask, you know, your mother-in-law's reaction. I think that that has historically, and maybe that's changing a little bit and without becoming like, you know, without making this like, um, like too far going down that, uh, rabbit hole. I grew up in a place where school got canceled on hunting season day. Right. So that was the thing, but not Mm -hmm. everybody is from that. And it can be hard for people to get used to or understand if we grew up watching Bambi, perhaps Mm -hmm. we may have sort of a, a negative impression of the hunter in the forest. And I think it's really interesting how disconnected we become from the fact that our food always has to come from somewhere. Like there's always some harm done to something somewhere so that we can eat. And I wonder how, like, Maybe what did Austin have to just kind of show up and, you know, show his parents again and again, like, this is something I'm doing for my family. Like, what did that look like for him? And it's so much education, right? So we talk about Bambi, right? And that's what even we tell the kids when they're watching Bambi, like, just so you guys know, this is Bambi wouldn't have had spots Wouldn't Bambi wouldn't have been a baby. Like, Bambi would be a grown deer by now who his mom has already kicked him out and he's going and breeding other does. And, (laughs) and it's a poacher who's shooting Bambi's mom when she has a baby because so it's, yeah, that's not how it's supposed to work. Right. Right. And and showing his parents, like we're not trying to kill every deer in the forest. We're not trying to eradicate the species. What we're doing is really helping to manage. And that's why there are things like limits on how many deer you can shoot. And in Connecticut, the limit is very high because there's so many less hunters in the area mm-hmm. that yeah. they're out of control. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I know here, like we've got deer that are, and even in, in Michigan where I am, there's a lot of hunters, but the deer population has become very bold the last like maybe 10 yeah, years. They're just in, carousing. Like, urban areas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, hey, there's so, eight so they, bucks in my backyard just hanging out. Cool. Yeah. This, the city beside us in Connecticut, they were hiring companies to come in and just kill deer because it's a hazard for motorists. Yeah. And they were just destroying things. There were too many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love this opportunity to play. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Sliding Doors, where like yes. Gwyneth Paltrow when thinks, Paltrow. Her life, yes, exactly. So she thinks her life is going to go one way and then it goes, well, she actually kind of sees it play out two ways. And I love kind of fantasizing about where the Sliding Doors version of my life might have gone had I been like, okay, this for me now is 20 plus years ago. Uh, hey, I'm going to like actually do this instead of getting discouraged by the squirrels um, taking off with my tomatoes and, and other things. There were other things yeah. happening circumstantially in my life, but I would love to hear, you know, how you went from the Taco Bell eating, never held a gun in his life, 
um, husband, you not knowing how to like do a garden to where you are now. Kind of just take us along the various stops along the way. Well, that first year where we both tried and didn't succeed, we ended up having our baby at the end of that year. We watched our documentary. We had watched it. And then we were like, all right, we're going to make a change. Well, six months in, I got pregnant again. Mm. And the house we were living in was being sold. So it wasn't an option to stay there anymore. And we decided that we were going to find a place of our own where we could set up our own farm. My goal was chickens. Mm. That's all I wanted. I wanted chickens. And Austin wanted to hunt. So it led us on a property search of our area in Connecticut. He was still working with his dad on exca- in an excavation company. So they would install septics or make bridges or build roads, uh, do all that kind of stuff. We needed to stay in that area. Connecticut is super expensive. Yeah. We couldn't go out and buy a house on our own. So we had to look at property, like the worst properties you can think of with a few trees. Rocks. Ro- <laughs> so many rocks. Yeah. But we're a starry-eyed optimist. We're going to do this and we're going to do whatever it takes. We'll be off grid. We don't have to pay for that. We'll get a yurt. We'll set up a, set up a tent in the woods and we'll just start mm-hmm. our little homestead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my, my dad heard that and he said, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not taking my grandbabies to the woods. Uh, and he, he helped finance our, our house that we ended up buying in Connecticut. But he did make it possible to find a house a little farther north than we were with 10 acres. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. We, we settled down there and had our, our little boy there painted and. And uh, set up a little chicken coop. And I remember going to a farm, buying chickens, bringing them home. And uh, our our oldest, he helped us fluff all the sawdust into there and put our chickens in. And and we were on our way. Wow. Okay. And then you were there for how long? We were there. We moved there in 2011. And then we moved away from there in 2018. So we were there for nine years. Wow. So you probably learned a lot while you were living there. Yeah, so much. We, we, it was also on a mountain, right? So we weren't going to find like beautiful farmland in right. Connecticut that we could afford anyways. So we kind of chipped our way, our homestead into a mountain. We started with our chickens and then Austin got to hunt. Then it became, what else did we want to do? Well, he wanted to grow pigs. That's when we kind of started to get the idea of farming. Like we were going to be farmers mm-hmm. now. We, we started with pigs, and then we got meat birds, chickens to butcher. We were going to sell pork and chickens to people and be farmers. All right. And so at this point, he's still working like a daily job, right? Yeah, he's still working a daily job. So he's commuting. It, it could be two hours a day into work wow. all through Connecticut. Yeah. And you've got two little kids at this point where I will say, I mean, I love the yurt dream and I shared that yurt dream. (laughs) Um, I was about 10 years earlier than you, older than you, um, I think on that. But like, I can see some downsides of having a toddler and like a crawling baby possibly in a yurt. Yeah. And I think my dad had the insight to see that too. Like parents, they're always our parents, right? They know things. Yeah. They're ahead of us. Right. But I do love that they they bought into your dream. It wasn't like they said, what are you, like crazy? You can't do any of this. It was like, well, let's do it. But just 
how about a house? How about you like right. work up to yes. the yurt? Or maybe that's a different er- um, time of your life that that'll happen. And it's been fantastic. Both sets of our parents have always been, even if they look at us like, all right, you guys are a little crazy, but we'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> as far as our conscience will allow us to. Yeah. Well, right. And I mean, now I've got adult kids and that's the relationship I want to have with them. Like, I don't have to necessarily understand everything they're doing. I have to get on board with some little piece of it. (laughs) So sometimes like, let me help you, help me help you (laughs) tame this a little bit so that I can get on board. Exactly. Yeah. So you were at the um, Connecticut farm um, until you said, I think 2018 or 2019 and then 2018. And then what happened? My dad, uh, they visited and he always hated Connecticut for just driving. He hated driving in Connecticut. I don't know if you're from a more rural area where you're at in Michigan. It's pretty rural. Well, it's like um, little tourist towns surrounded by rural with like big cities at either end. So like 90 minutes in either direction, you could be in Chicago or Grand Rapids. Like there's some cities. Yeah. So you know the difference in driving, right? Small town driving versus city driving. And just every time it gave him panic attacks having to drive into Connecticut. So he was so happy to finally say like, listen, guys. And at this point we had four kids. He said, guys, you're outgrowing your house. I know you want to do more with your farm, especially because we were doing a YouTube channel now and a podcast all about homesteading. He said, wouldn't it be nice if you had more property? So come (laughs) back to the family farm. Uh Yeah. There's a hundred acres here and said, and he goes, I'm getting older. Yeah. Help me manage it. Now it was a lie. He, of, he is getting older, but he does not need help. So he was just manipulating us. <laughs> In the best possible way. Parentally, right? yes. <laughs> For our own good, I guess. Right, right. And it was at a time where because Austin wasn't working for his dad anymore, we had made the, the jump to YouTube and podcasting full time. Not only was it going to be nicer to not have the Connecticut expenses, like the taxes and everything. But also we had the freedom to work online. So we could pretty much move anywhere we wanted to. And I remember when my oldest was a baby, we would drive, drive back to PA and visit. And every time we left, I would just cry and cry. I so wanted to be closer to my family. Yeah. And it seemed like this was the time, the right time to be able to do that. Wow. Yeah. 2018. So we moved our, our farm, our homestead and all our kids back to PA. Well, and we should mention that you've had several more kids since those first two that we were introduced to. Um, And I do want to get to that in a second, but I also want to say that, you know, even though maybe your dad didn't actually need you, you know, he didn't need you right then, but that's not to say that having you around didn't help because I know that that's a big concern with older people who have farms is maybe not having any family interest in those farms yes. or not having someone to pass it on to or or even to show interest in it. So I'm sure that that was still, even though he didn't need you, he kind of still needed you. He still need, And that's yeah. what I would say. He needed us. He really needed us emotionally. Like yeah. I think he was really yearning for us to be closer. He wanted to see the kids. They missed out on those, the first four, seeing them as babies, seeing them grow up, being able to like just stop into grandpa's house. And yeah, I think he really wanted that experience. Yeah. So your, your land um, size multiplies, your family size multiplies sometime in that period of time. So tell us about the family that you have now and the ages. So now we have six. My oldest is 
12, and then I've got almost 11, almost nine-year-old. We've got a six-and-a-half-year-old, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and almost one-year-old. Okay. You know these halves are important. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know well, how much they change. They do, and I, it's funny because I have five, so my spacing would have been very similar to yours had I had another squeezed in there somewhere. But um, my four of them are are two years apart. Like there's like two years apart and then a three year split or sorry, four year split and then two years apart. And those are the boys. And then my daughter is the only spring birthday. So it's like four fall boys, all, you know, one, two, three, four. And then number five is a spring birthday. And she's the only girl and she's three and a half years difference. I never have any idea. Like how oh, yeah. old, like if you ask me right now, how old are your kids? I have to go and look at a calendar and say like, well, what month are we in? Mm-hmm. Which ones are the evens and which ones are the odds? So yes. I yes. Totally yeah. Right now my boys are three, six, 12. So that's easy to remember. And my girls, all three are like the last week in December. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we're like, well, April is spring on the farm, obviously. And all of us are <laughs> feeling <Right>. it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then the boys are May, June, July. Wow. Okay. Um, I want to also tease that you are in the middle of sort of a, uh, a plan to move again and it's going to look maybe more a little like your original dream. It sounds like that you had back in your days, back in your dreaming days. So we could talk a little bit about that. I know that you've still got like, you're still searching and stuff, right? So it's not like that's all hammer or maybe you're not anymore. You just haven't unveiled it for the public yet. Yeah, there is always the timing of things, right? Right, right. How right. long it takes you to produce something versus what's happening exactly. in real life. Exactly. Yeah, it's we're still settling in the area, but right now we're we're managing our family farm. So my dad and mom live on this with my sister, my aunts and my uncle all kind of live on a corner of the farm. So that's a hundred acres and everyone's got a corner. Which is good. It was my great grandfather's and and that's how it should, it's a nice thing to be able to do for family is to say for each of your grandkids, like, here, guys, have a little section. It's just, it's full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're full. Yeah. So we're searching for property local to the area where we can own it and kind of do the same thing for our kids. I know my mom and dad will be here and there will be space on this farm for the kids if they ever want to settle in this area. And we'll have space at our new property as well, where we hope to be able to just do everything we love doing homesteading and, and just grow our little farm and our little Mm. homestead exactly the way we want to after being on these two properties with the experience, be able to say, okay, we know what we want. We don't know what we don't want. Now let's see if we can make this a reality. Yeah. Because in all of these years and being on a hundred acres and just from having listened to, you know, maybe 10 episodes of your podcast, like I know you guys have tried a lot of stuff. And some of it's been like, yes, and some maybe, you know, maybe things you'd like to do on a smaller scale or not do at all. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, It's, I never mind trying things and I have no issue trying it and then saying, nope, that wasn't for us right now. We're going to stop doing that in the future. We could come back to it and see if we like it better. Right. Yeah. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. 
Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Kendra, so we've talked um, a little about just kind of where you all started and how you and Austin got you know, got going and the different moves that you've made and and kind of the future that you've... You're, you know, hoping for ahead of you. Um, but let's just talk about like how your day-to-day life looks. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of moms listening to this thinking like, I mean, I thought it was hard to get through my day and it's just like a, you know, an average day. You've got six kids in your house, uh, 12 and under, um, you're homeschooling, you've got animal chores. Like how does this actually happen? How are you getting this stuff done? I just think it gets done. Um, It's funny. So much of it overlaps, first of all. Like, we can go out as a family, do the barn chores, which means the little ones have an older person always with them to carry them or take care of them. And homeschool is so much homesteading for us. Like, there's a lot of overlap. We don't unschool but we do in a lot of ways. So it doesn't feel hard, Mm. especially like having little kids, all little kids. That was hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But once they got to like 10 and up, they're such helpers now. Yeah. And they love their little siblings. It, it becomes so much easier. So we'll, that's kind of what we do. The morning chores, Some will go out with me. Some stay inside. Our two oldest love giving their baby sister a nap. Mm. 
So they'll sit in the recliner and they'll just nap her inside, which frees me up to go and do the milking or the other chores in the barn. And it usually works out pretty good, especially because Austin's at home as well. Mm. So we'll take different kids with us, do different chores, and the morning's done. Then we come inside and we'll start breakfast or lunch, wherever we are. We'll sit down, do some of our schoolwork. And it doesn't feel hard. I feel like, and maybe you can agree with me, the more kids you have, the easier they get. Yeah. At a certain point. Well, and I think people think that having five or six kids is like having one kid five times. It's not the same. It's not like, you know, it's not like having six toddlers running around. Right. Exactly. Um, You've got like an age spread. And and especially with your lifestyle, um, you know, you're really producing more than consuming, right? So like, you're not probably out running around looking for things to fill your time or looking for things to do. And those outside schedules really can complicate life with kids where if you're kind of home is your base and that's where the majority of learning and life and play and all that is happening. I actually think that could simplify things in a way. I don't know if you agree with that. I do. I don't like having a packed schedule. So we'll do, we had someone planning weekly walks for everybody on a very casual basis. And, and when we could go, we would, but we, we don't do many organized sports or music lessons for music. Austin and I both play an instrument. So we'll teach the kids or we have apps for them sports. If they want to go with friends and play a game, we'll do something like that. But yeah, we don't have many things scheduled outside of what we're doing at home. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could, I know that we've got some homeschoolers in our community and um, we hear from people a lot who are, especially after the pandemic where school changed for everybody. And mm-hmm. that really created some curiosity around what it would be like to do that full time. And I actually did homeschool my kids for one year um, when I was, let's say I was pregnant with my fourth. And so my third was like a little one in a car seat. And I remembered like joining some group where there was so much, it was like a, it wasn't a co-op, but it was like a homeschool group where you kind of were expected to show up for a certain number of playgroups and activities and things like that. And I remember at one point saying, man, I feel like I'm just living in my car. This isn't what I mm-hmm. wanted. Yeah. So it seems like you've managed to avoid that trap. Do you have any other kind of words for people who are just curious about that lifestyle? I'm a big, big advocate of homeschooling. And we didn't come into it as big advocates. Neither one of us was homeschooled growing up. We did, we both did fine in school. We laughed because both of us in high school were voted like best personality. So <laughs> it, school wasn't difficult. It, but I don't. I was pregnant with our second and Sandy Hook happened in the town yeah. next to us. Mm, wow. Okay. So Austin was at work and he heard the ambulances going to the hospital. So I, I remember laying in bed thinking. I don't think I could ever send them to school now. Like having experienced that so yeah. close to home. Yeah. Wow. And, and now the, the more I see them learn at home through everyday life, the stuff they pick up on, the stuff they become passionate about, the way they learn, kids learn all the time. Mm. They learn through everything they do and everything we do with them like babies learn to talk or walk, they learn without us having to sit them down and teach them. So I started out when they were younger, 
especially with my oldest, my son, like we're going to sit down and we're going to learn to read. We're going <laughs> to learn to read. We're reading. We're no reading. pressure though. <laughs> no pressure. And he hated it because yeah. he was a little boy and he wanted to run. Mm. And when mommy said, sit down, learn to read, it didn't work. Right. So I really questioned myself at the beginning. Can I teach him? Can I teach him? And I took a step back like, well, he's little. He's just a little guy. Let him play. Mm. He's learning. And he learned. And the next year we tried it again. And nope, didn't want to sit, didn't want to learn to read, wasn't going to do it. So I tried to, all right, I'll step back and let him play and learn however he wants to. And then we came back the next year. And I think I sat down with him for maybe an hour total. And he learned to read. Mm. And you hear it was that like potty so, training. Yeah. You, it's like yeah. potty training, right? You like, do it the hard way for years it. or the yes. easy way in a weekend. Yeah. 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 And I saw my daughter learn to read with one lesson uh, wow. years, years earlier than my son did. So I definitely saw the difference in them. And I think I know that kids learn so differently that being able to mother them and see them with such my eyes are full of insight and love for my children that I'm confident that I can do it best for them. Mm. And if we reach a point where they've excelled in something and they've surpassed me, I know we have so many ways to reach out to other people who can teach them beyond what I can in whatever way they want to learn. But it sounds like you're, you're, you don't have to have it figured out right away. Like that's the other thing I think um, parents who want to try that maybe go in thinking, well, I have to have it all figured out. Like I have to have a plan to get them from five years old through high school graduation. And that's not, it sounds like in your family, it's really playing out with time and you're figuring it out as you go. It's, they learn just like we learn when we're interested in something. I look at, look at us, look at you, look at me, right? What are we learning every day that we didn't learn in school? And maybe we forgot already if we did learn it. But now that it's come back to us in our life and we're feeling passionate about it, then I can hold on to things. I can retain things now. Yeah. Yeah. So it, no, I definitely don't have it all figured out, <laughs> but, but it's working well for us so far. Right. And if they want to change it, I'm totally open to that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that um, you and Austin now are both home during the day, of course, both busy doing various things, but you're both there. How do you to divide up that labor, um, both in homeschooling and in homesteading? I'm sure that you have different things, different strengths. I, I think I heard from the podcast that you're into animals and Aust is into infrastructure, I believe was what um, he has said. So how did you kind of come to an agreement about how you're going to divide labor? And is that kind of just, you know, is it, is it ongoing and evolving as, as you move on? Well, we fought about it a lot. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> Until we figured out like, I want a cow because I want to milk the cow. Mm. Austin doesn't want a cow to milk it. He wants it to graze the grass. So he wants to work with the grazing of the animals. So he goes out there and he fixes his fences and moves the animals around and watches them eat grass. And he's happy. And I'll stay down at the barn and I'll milk the cows and I'll take care of the babies and give them bottles. And that's what I like. So it, it does naturally kind of divide itself for us. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like you knew that right away. Like maybe, um, Maybe you thought having cows, you'd like everything there is about having cows, or he thought he would like everything there was. And it turns out, oh no, actually, I like this very specific part. Exactly. Yeah. And, and sometimes what feels like, well, that's your job, it doesn't work like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was growing pains. And, and we would say, well, we have to do this together. That's why we're doing this. You're home and I'm home and let's work together. We always say now, like, we work better beside each other doing different things. <laughs> what do they call that with little kids? It's called parallel play. Like, they don't there actually play That's together. They do better. Just next to each other. I'm going to tell them that. You'll love that. <laughs> Let's just parallel play Let's today, parallel honey. Play. <laughs> um, what about the kids? Like, how much responsibility do the older ones have? And is that starting to grow as they get older? I love animals. So, for me, the best way. I feel like for my kids to learn something is to have an animal and they don't all agree with me. So they don't all need to have one if they don't want one. Like my, my almost nine-year-old, she loves cats. And I'm like, well, Mm. we're not going to farm cats. So you (laughs) you can have your cats inside. You'll take care of that. But I, I'll encourage them to, if you want to have your own particular animal, you can do that. So one of our daughter loves goats. She's got her goats. My son, when we started, he loved his chickens. He was the chicken man. Uh, My other one likes pigs. So they just naturally, they take care of their animals. They have their interest in them. But all of them have to do something that they're capable of doing, whether it starts off with just going to collect the eggs or locking up for the night or giving water. I think it's important for them to all have a part in what we're doing here on our homestead. And the older they get, then that evolves into less of us telling them what to do and them taking action and deciding with us what we feel like we should do. So, all right, we're going to move the cows. Where should we move them to? Can you help us set up this paddock? They, they play more a role in the, the designing and the deciding and things, the older they get. Yeah. Um, and what do you think, like when you've got a bunch of teenagers, how do you think that's going to look for you? Is that part of the plan. No, no, but I've never had a bunch of teenagers on a homestead. That's for sure. So like, I feel like, um, teenagers can be your best ally, right? Like they can Mm -hmm. be really, they know things they are smart. They're skilled, so smart, but they also have to be motivated and they can Mm -hmm. be, they can find lots of ways to not like to be kind of passive aggressively slow at things. Like there's just so many ways it could go. <laughs> That's and I, funny. That's I, what my 12 year old's been doing. Huh? Well, you know, kid, like 12 year olds, I feel like that's where it can start and they it's can be starting. so slow at stuff. And you're like, there's just no way this is actually taking you this long, but it's like their way of kind of sticking it to you. So I'm just curious if that's something like in your new plan that you're working toward, if you've thought about the fact that like all these little kids, it's going to happen so fast. Like this next decade of your life, Everything is going to change. And I'm just, I'm just curious how much you've thought about it. I don't I have any like advice. this is me from the future telling me this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that's it. I've got a 12-year-old and I see him already like slowly helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I know what he's doing. I hope, I hope we can get them interested in things. But like I said, you know better than I do. Well, if we can yeah. cultivate interests and likes that they can help us going moving forward i I know my uh we were doing a butcher day so we butcher the animals and then the next day we'll chop them up and put them in the freezer and we asked my nine-year-old are are you going to do this when you're grown up no (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and maybe and maybe they'll find they'll each find their like little niche or something like you could be kind of 
creating this little, um, it's like, you're like a, an incubator, like a farm incubator, <laughs> farmer incubator, <laughs> big farming. Yeah. And like, they might all come out. Like one of them might come out and want to be your lawyer. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And we'd welcome it Yeah, because we can't all be like farm dreamers. Somebody right. has to, we, Austin and I always say we're the dreamers. We need somebody who can actually just build a barn for us. Right. So if somebody wants to be a carpenter, yeah, we can use whatever they want to do. Yeah. And you will really start to see their personalities and their interests like really play out. And that's, that's great. I, I know as someone who's kind of starting um, my little mini homestead, like a lot later in life with much older kids, it's just been interesting to me to see that my, my oldest is really into the chickens. Like I was telling you during the break. And my second oldest is really into the idea of like building. And then the three younger is just like, they're not really quite sure, but I sort mm-hmm. of see that they're more passively interested or like, I, I think maybe my um, 16 year old could be a great accountant one day and you need oh, yeah. that. You have oh, to have yes, someone looking so after much. the money. So yes. Yeah. Um, That's what we always say. Like, do you want to be a video producer? Sure. We, we need that. that too. Do you want to edit? We'd love that. Right. All skills. Welcome. Absolutely. Yep. You can do whatever you want. Well, Kendra, this is like, you know, it it sounds so idyllic and I know it's so easy to romanticize it and not that you're doing that at all. But I think for us that are thinking about it and like what it would be like to live this, this lifestyle, it really is a a choice that is kind of all encompassing in a way. And I wonder if um, you can share both like the hardest things, maybe one hardest thing and one really rewarding thing about the homesteading lifestyle that that can kind of counterbalance each other. Oh, the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. Because we focus, I think, so much on animals, um, we've made terrible mistakes. (laughs) And we'll, something dies because of a mistake that we've made because of inexperience on our part. And those are the ones that really stick with you, especially when it didn't have to happen. So an animal didn't have to die. It was just an oversight on our part. Yeah. Especially when it's one of our kids' animals. (laughs) which it always is, uh, you know, it's their favorite chicken. It's their favorite pig. We're like, Oh man, that's so hard. Yeah. I can imagine in that sense of responsibility, it's very different from a tomato plant dying. Right. Sometimes you just want to yeah, quit it all and plant a garden or, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have that time off. You don't, especially with animals, they're always there. Yeah. So you can't take the time off. It's like having a, a baby when you're sick. You're still feeding a baby. Yeah. And and it, there are times if they're milking that you're literally out, you know, milking them a couple times a day. And that's yeah. like a, that's a big thing. You can't get too far from home when that's right. happening. Right. Yeah. Well, what about the reward? What What's the most rewarding part? I love, I love seeing the kids experience it. I love seeing it through their eyes. So we just had a pig who had piglets and that's my son's he loves his pigs and when he walked out there and looked over and saw all those little piglets the look on his face he was so proud and so happy and he just looked at me goes mommy aren't they so cute (laughs) I was like yes Yes. they're beautiful (laughs) like they're your grand piglets oh man like (laughs) He's like, what should we name them? I was like, oh no, don't name them all though. Don't name them all. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just pick one. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. They seeing their successes and seeing what they're learning and what they're experiencing. I love baby animals too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you did mention that 
the the plans that are underway for this um, new evolution of what your homestead is going to look like. It sounds like it'll be rather scaled back. So you started with 10 acres, then you ballooned up to 100. You tried a lot of things on those 100 acres, some of which you decided weren't for you. And so you've been very flexible. Now that you're moving towards what sounds like maybe a simpler version again, what do you think are some of the things you'll let go of and what are the things you'll double down on? We will grow less animals for meat. We've done a, a tremendous amount over the first of these last three years. Um, really, our freezers are packed. So we hope to be able to do less uh, large batches of animals, which is not only labor intensive, but it can be kind of stressful because it's, it's go, 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 go. And it's harder to enjoy that time as a family when it's so big. So we're hoping to scale back on that and scale back on the infrastructure we have. So it's less maintenance on the houses and barns, and we can focus more on doing the things we enjoyed with each other, not having to, you know, keep up with the weed whacking and the mowing yeah. and fixing gutters and everything takes maintenance, but we hope to cut back on that considerably. Yeah. So it sounds like really simplifying and having, um, yeah, just simplifying and really right. doing the things that you enjoy and you know that you're good at and that are the things that you want to be doing into the future. Right. Yeah. Um, I know it's really hard to think about this because your kids are still little and you have many of them. Um, but do you have any thoughts about like what life might look like for you two as the kids get older? Or do you think that you'll be forever homesteaders? Um, what's that going to look like? We we picture ourselves in a tiny home traveling around to see wherever our kids are and hope some of them <laughs> want a homestead so we can be like, can you grow us some chickens this year, guys? Right. And uh, who, who has a cow? I could use some milk. So I'm hoping. <laughs> so we're hoping somebody settles by the beach so we can visit there occasionally. And then someone has a farm we can stay on. And yeah, we're going to mooch off of our kids. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it? That's one of the best things about having a lot of them. So it's, many of them. Yes. yes. Somebody's like, going to want me. Yeah. And you could have every experience. It's like, you know, you yes. put in all the work up front, but then hopefully we will, you know, reap yeah, the rewards hope, you know, later. They, they're having babies and yep. they want me to come and babysit a little bit. Yeah. And, oh, I want to be really, our goal, Austin and I, we always say we could live in a small, small little house and just have the freedom to see our kids when we want to and raise a batch of chickens if mm. we want to have a goat once in a while, kind of just be very, very flexible. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you'll pull, um, you'll pull one over like your dad did and say, Oh, oh we need we help. Need help. <laughs> Move home. We need help. Yeah. The teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't, I would, I never hold, um, I would just always say that you can all like, don't hold anything out there. Like it will never happen because you never know what you might want to do to get those grandbabies once I they come know. close to you. So I don't have any yet, but I'm thinking about like, that's pretty on the it's horizon for away. me. It's yeah. not far away. And I think about that sometimes like, wow, that's really going to change everything. Much like yeah. having those babies changed everything the first time around. So I love it. Well, Kendra, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. I will definitely link up um, the home study podcast and your website. There's so much information on there. And I feel like even if someone is just curious, um, you guys do a really good job of making it fun to listen to. And the podcast is really well produced. And it's just like, it's, it's kind of like infotainment, I think they call it. So 
That's um, the goal. Yeah. yeah. We don't we don't want to scare anybody oh. off from this thing like, hey, got to do it all or do nothing. Right. Like, just dip, dip your toe in it. You know, yeah. with chickens, like once you get started. Yeah. You guys stop. even have like a plan, like a get started with chickens plan or something like that. Right. Just start. Yeah. Yeah. Just start. I love that. And I feel like, you know, maybe your podcast will be like Food Inc. was for you, but less scary. <laughs> More inspiring, less scary. That that'd that's, be like a good thing to go for, right? That's like the best description. Yeah, that's what we're going for. I love inspiring it. and not so scary. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Kendra. All right. Thank you, Megan. It was so much fun. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour.